Hello and welcome to French Book Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris. I am your host, of course. I need to stop saying that so fast, don't I really? Um, delighted to say I have got both the crew back with us today. So welcome back to Jez and Phil. How are you both doing? Hello. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, welcome back, Phil. Um, how was the holiday? Uh, the international break was great. <laughs> Literally. Uh, for me, I ended up watching a game of rugby. Oh, um, dear. You're right. Good Lord, that's confusing. And then I watched uh, an England national with my parents and I'd forgotten how wonderful it is to watch football with my mother. Seriously, yes. when Gareth steps down, call her. <laughs> I mean, that, that might not be far away, to be fair, in terms of uh, uh-huh. England and such like. But yes. more say. Despite the fact she speaks no French. Oh well, we'll we'll, we'll certainly talk about them Come in a minute. Come to that later. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Right, let's uh, let's get into things then. Um, I'm happy to. Well, I say I'm happy to say um, we very much have autumn back, which means football under the lights is not far away. Feels like proper football, doesn't it, this time of year? Anyway, at the weekends, we'll uh, we'll start in Liga because that's where most of the, uh, the stories pre-record anyway were happening. And um, I wanted just to, we're not going to go too deep into the subject, but I wanted to just start with a little bit of credit for Stade Brestois, because they won 2-1 away at Rouse this weekend. And I think it's fair to say that all three of us kind of had them as one of the, if not the, struggles of the season. I think we all thought that along with the promoted sides, they might be in trouble. The, the job that as being done there by Eric Wa um, is is kind of the, the focus I wanted to put on this. Um, maybe I'll, I'll I'll come to you on this one, Jez, briefly because it was more rather than the on pitch performances, which have been very good. It's just this this story of Wa really, because for those who don't know, he he hasn't been in football for quite a while, has he? In terms of uh, actually management, in in terms of his active career. He was at Nice last in, I think it's 2011, that spell came to an end. And here he is back in 2023 with Brest and it's all going rather well. A couple of spells away from the the the, the touchline with, with Lons as a director of football. And I think it was Watford. Is it Watford? I think it was Watford. Um, what do you make of that? Is it just a case of that sometimes a little bit of time out of the game and then return can yield results? Or is it just a good fit with him and Brest? Um, I think, yeah, I think he's he's only been there since January and it's still earlier in the season. So you should sort of temper to an extent, you know, let's wait and see what he does sort of slightly longer term. But certainly, you know, he, he's had a couple of sporting director roles. So it's not like he's been out of the game. He's clearly still been very much kind of following what's been going on. And, um, yeah, I think it was a surprise appointment when he came in, but certainly so far he's done really well and um, probably hasn't been lost on two of his former teams by the names of Lyon and Marseille. That uh, here's a coach who's, who's, who's doing well there. Um, he see, yeah, I mean, uh, he doesn't have, with all due respect, he doesn't have the the biggest, strongest squad to work with, but he's getting everyone. I think, as usual, it's, it's showing that certainly when you're not one of the, the huger teams, that just ensuring that you've got a very good team ethic, a nice balance of sort of youth and experience and everyone pulling in the same direction 
um that the, you can you can sort of achieve at least sort of relatively speaking quite a lot and um certainly they've got you know they've got a few players they don't necessarily have an out and out goal scorer but they've got a few players able to share the goals rounds um this this week we the you know the goals came from two midfielders in Lise Mulu, I think you know a talented league and player who who didn't have the greatest time in 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 England with with Norwich, but um, sort of settled again in France has been actually was sort of converted him more into a sort of defensive midfielder than a, a box to box, and he seems to do well there. And his his goal, although no one bothered even trying to tackle him, was, was <laughs> really nicely taken. Yeah, and then again a sort of solid defence and a goalkeeper who had a fantastic game. I mean, to to be fair to to Reims, they they kind of dominated for at least the first half of the match. And it could have been a very different story if Bizor wasn't having such a good game. So, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not the deepest of squads, but if he can keep everyone fit and um, at the top of their form, they certainly won't have any trouble staying up if yeah. they carry on carry on with the way they're going. And, and, you know, maybe an outside tilt at Europe, although I think it's still unlikely over the course of the whole season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it was fair of us to to suggest they might struggle because I don't think any of us really foresaw uh, that sort of the way they're playing thus far. So I, th- I think that is probably a fair fair comment. Yeah, and Even, if, um... if if you look at um, we're five games in, so their first was a slightly surprising win against Lens with a with a late winner from the penalty spot. They then beat La Havre and newly promoted. They lost to Marseille, which you'd say, well, that's par. Then they drew against Rennes, then now they've beaten Rennes. If you say that, it doesn't sound that brilliant. But mm. because of the rest of the league being slightly confusing, that puts them in second. Yeah. So... I'm not sure it's them so much as the context around them, if you mm. see what I mean. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. can't see them hanging on if certain other clubs manage to sort themselves out, but if certain other clubs manage to sort themselves out is something of a question. Yeah, TBH, as they say. And and to be fair, I think uh, if you'd have said to me... Just wait for me obnoxiously loud bike to go past as is customary every week on this podcast I think if you'd have said to me last season that Lorraine would have been in the position they were in after five games I would have been quite surprised to be fair and mm. and, and we did kind of fall off towards the end of the season but I guess for clubs like Brest you've just got to you know the first priority is survive and then anything else above that i.e. rounds from last season is a bonus if you can finish up the table but and you know. and if you start high up the table that gives really good vibes yeah um and then in a sense you are kind of protected uh from having a bit of a lower run which i think we all assume will happen sooner or later yeah because you're you've already got 10 points in the bag whereas we've got three clubs who've got one and two. Yeah. You know, it's uh I don't think this will last, but it's very interesting to see it. And uh how long will it last is going to be the key question. And I'm yeah. not sure it's going to last very long. 
no no we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe revisit this topic sort of in and around christmas and see where we are uh, at that point in time and and as i'm sure we will also do the same for the current league leaders because uh, it's not psg it's actually monaco right now and um i'll come back to you on this one first of all jazz monaco have been uh, quietly putting together quite a decent run they uh that they couldn't beat the mighty Lorient at the weekend, obviously. Um, but I, I just slightly, they were quite unfortunate to not win that game in fairness, despite going a goal down. Uh, Golovan and uh, Flo Balogun's first goal since he returned to Liga seemingly had them on track for a turnaround win, only for Roman Fev to equalise in the literally the last kick of the game. But they they have quietly gone about their business, haven't they? Both off the pitch in terms of the recruitments that they've brought in, Balogun being one of those, Zakaria is another decent signing by the looks of it. They are arguably in in a a patch of form, unbeaten in five, that suggests that they might be building something there. The question I'm going to throw at you is, do we have a challenger for PSG's crown in the offing once again? Or is this another kind of let's see what happens situation with Monaco? I think let's wait and see what happens. I mean, to be fair, let's wait and see what happens with PSG. This (laughs) is not vintage PSG yet um, Monaco have done what you know they've done I guess in a way what they've needed to do so far and yes unbeaten but Clermont, Strasbourg, Nantes a very off form loss and Lorient with all due respect to all those teams that's not the most strenuous of opening fixtures um, and they still managed to draw two of them so it's a positive start. It, ben Yedder has not been, they haven't been relying on him to score all the goals. Golovin looks in the form of his Monaco career. Minamino looks great. Um, as you said, a couple of the signings, especially I think in defence, have, have looked positive. So um, I think they're, they're definitely better equipped maybe than than, than they were last year. Um and they're getting those results while the other supposed challengers are not necessarily. So, you know, in, in a similar way to, to Brest getting maybe a head start on their relegation rivals, Monaco are, are getting a little bit of a head start on some of their title challengers. But I don't think, although certainly they're, they're free scoring, I don't think it's yet reasonable to to say they're genuine challengers you know even Claremont they sort of felt like they not scraped it but there were some late goals there as I said couldn't hold on to a lead against Nantes couldn't hold or was it the other way around they needed late goals whatever it was a draw against Nantes not able to hold on against Lorient I'm not yet absolutely convinced but yeah. next two matches Nice Marseille Think we'll have a better idea after that, maybe. Yeah, the Nice match definitely. We'll, we'll come on to Nice in a second. That that sure looks I, like a I, bit of a hunting. I just have a question, kind of on the Lorient side of things, mm. Chris. If you've yes. been watching that in between your fanboy love for Malta, um, was <laughs> and cranes. Yeah, that was wonderful. It was. Um, <laughs> it was a train painted as a giraffe. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it. I didn't see this. Um, both of Monaco's goals, the keeper was kind of planted, 
like there was nothing he could do. Mm. Are there any questions about Vogo in goal or my feeling more the defence in front of him that leave him in that position where there was basically nothing he could do about either of the, the Monaco goals at the weekend? Yeah, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head with the defence rather than the goalkeeper because uh-huh. for, for those who don't know, Vogo was out for the majority of the rest of last season and missed the World Cup due to a, uh, an injury. I think it was an ACL, if I remember rightly. It was certainly an, an injury that kept him out the majority of the season uh, or it might have been knee ligaments. Um, so he missed a long period of time where Vito Minone came in. He's since moved on. I think he's gone to Lille, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so Vogo's come back in and yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say he's he's had a few iffy moments this season, but like you said, both those goals on Sunday were both defensive lapses. And one thing that's been really apparent with Lorient is under Labrice, they they entertain, um, they score plenty, but don't they have concede plenty? Mm. Uh, and the fact they're sat on a, a minus zero or minus and plus zero or a zero goal difference, if you will, kind of says it all because they score but zero concede plenty. Zero, Chris. This is true. Some some people look at it as a minus goal difference um, in the zero column, but I agree with you. I think it's a neutral column. But um, yeah, uh, also the formation, it's a three back with two wing backs, Lagoff on the left and Kalulu on the right kind of push on. And I'm not convinced a three back really works. And when you factor in that they started with a different defence at the start of the season and sold two players in defence in the transfer window, that doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's more the defensive side, if anything. And they have got the six foot six inch uh Toure on loan from Marseille now as part of that Bamu Mate deal. I and mean, then he is massive, by the way. Um, and speaking of defenders, we did see the return of uh, of one F Mendy on Sunday as well. Um, sorry, sorry B Mendy, I've got I've got F Mendy on the mind. Um, B Mendy, yes, Benjamin. Um, I, 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 I copped a bit of flack because I I tweeted and said the reception was mixed for him. That's what I heard on the on the uh, the TV coverage. A few people that were actually in the stadium said it was, you know, said I'm spreading lies and false truths. I, said, I think that's a bit of a stretch because what I heard was a little bit of a mixed reception. But by all accounts in the stadium, apparently it was very positive for him and there was plenty of applause. So, you know, second chances and all that. Um, but when you factor in that Penedo was on the opposition side, um, I don't, you know, don't, I think it's a bit rich if there was any booze coming from the away support. Yeah. That's for sure. The copy go. Yeah, it is a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, I, I still, I still feel. I think you said it a nail on the head a few weeks ago, Jez. I still feel a little bit uncomfortable with it. Um, but you know, everybody, everybody has a right to resurrect their career if I'm not guilty. So it is what it is but I'm not sure it's ever going to be a, a signing that completely is comfortable with all, all supporters. I think, um, I mean, to be honest, I haven't, I didn't follow it closely, but even if he was found non, not guilty, I think there was enough that came out about, yeah. I don't know, maybe his, his lifestyle, which is still pretty Yeah. 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 I, I, much like many other high profile cases that are in the media at the moment in that, regards a couple in Manchester I can can think of that leap off the page I think like you say it, it guilty or non-guilty etc and so on I think exactly what you said there Jez it's it's kind of the character of the, the player that comes out a bit that just makes you anybody that you have to think twice about 
leaves you feeling a little bit uncomfortable. But um, as I say, he's back and um, we shall see where his career goes from here. Uh, and he was part of the equalising goal, I should stress as well. So fair enough. Um, let's move on to the Parc de Prince. Um, Phil, I'll start with you on this one. Um, I've got a bit of audio that I will uh, dig out that I'll, I'll play you in a second, which amused me greatly. But before that, very, very good result for Nice. I guess that is kind of the question that I'll put to you. Are Nice getting the credit they deserve from this game? Or once again, are we asking the questions of PSG? I mean, it's the week before they go back into the Champions League, which is tonight at time of recording. Maybe their focus was elsewhere. Or do we give... Sort of your, your focus can't be elsewhere when you're playing Nice at home the fifth no. game of the season. I think what was interesting here was when we talked about the Nice-Leon 0-0 weirdness a couple of games back, I said it looks like Nice haven't worked out who their strikers striker is or mm. the strikers are. And I think with this game, um, we've got two goals for Taron Moffey, who also assisted Gaetan Laborde for his goal. Mm. They seem to have worked that out now. So it took them a couple of games to get going, but they are also unbeaten and they are now looking nice, as mm. it were. <laughs> now, <laughs> obviously, the... Uh, the gif you're probably going to have seen from this game is Kylian Mbappe's second goal, which which was gorgeous, frankly. Uh, that kind of bicycle kick on the bouncing volley situation, which was very good. But that is a problematic result. For PSG, I think. Uh, Lequeep had some pretty damning headlines afterwards. And it does look like what we're seeing now is they are human. Hmm. So, yes, they will be playing uh, Dortmund tonight um, at time of recording. And that's going to be very interesting to see how that all works out. There was... I'm not sure. Was Agate wasn't in? Was he I in he was midfield? Possibly he, he, rested after internationals and yeah, yeah. That was the line. Um, he was on the bench, so he came he on. For he came on for the last half hour or so. Yeah, but they started with Solia, Zayanui, and Bettina in midfield, and that just didn't seem to, to work. No. And so. It's kind of strange how much Agate has now become, oh, yeah, we need him in there. And people having uh, a go at Skrinja at central defence, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, this was not a great performance from PSG. And Nice, as I said, seem to have sorted themselves out a bit in terms of who does what yeah. and and that could potentially make for an interesting challenge from the Zingle, yeah. uh to if they can keep going from there because they're unbeaten in 5-2 so far 
So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, yes, that was a game, I think, that PSG really didn't need that result at this point when they're about to start kicking off the Champions League campaign, which, as we all know, is the one that matters. Yes, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, kicking off in about an hour and a quarter. Um, Chez, I want to turn the attention on to Nice a bit because we, we do discuss PSG at length. Um, I'm just going to play you this little clip because it amused me greatly. So um, uh, just have a little listen to this. <laughs> As you can tell, um, the Nice fan channel were having a lovely old time that particular evening. Um, but Moffy was mm. was the star of the show in this particular game. He copped a bit of flack from one K Mbappe. Um, I, I I would suggest that maybe Cry More would be a, an apt description of that because he was outstanding on the night. And if, and I know this is a big if, but if Farioli can out-tactic uh, Enrique, as indeed he did on this particular game, and if there's another if for you, Nice can keep this sort of core group together and play in this fashion on a consistent basis. Are we are we finally prepared to say that maybe this might be the the birth of the Nice we all expected before sort of Ineos and everything happened and so many false dawns? I know, but are you did you see enough in this performance just to to think that there's something there under? this clearly young, talented coach? He's from the De Zerbi School of Management, so I'm obviously kind of <laughs> exactly well disposed to him. But, <laughs> um, you know, that on the one side, that kind of, I think, change of style takes a while. Um, on the other, look, this is an impressive performance to take note of, and, and Nice are sort of, Kind of quite quietly crept up their third. I mean, what's interesting is that most of the, arguably the top six, top eight, in a way, I'm not really counting Mess as a top eight team, but of those teams, you'd probably say only only well only Brest and Mess are sort of overachieving. The others are all the big names that you'd expect to be up there, but none of them have particularly impressed. Um, and maybe the the closest you can you can say is Nice, who are unbeaten but with only two wins. But considering they're sort of really changing their their system and everything, and and kind of had not done anywhere near as well last season as those other big names. Um, it in that sense, it is quite impressive. I think look, they they've got a a mixture of you know, talented players and a few good young players from their youth system coming through. I think they've got rid of a couple of wasters in well, Schmeichel and Ramsey, let's face it. I think Ramsey may be putting a bit of effort last year, but it's always a strange signing, Barkley as well. So they they seem like they've got some things in order compared to the last couple of years. But again, as as impressive as any any win at PSG is this isn't vintage PSG as Phil said the player who's emerged as probably the most important player in that team 
wasn't didn't start anyway so i think it's a, it's a little bit soon to kind of say you know this is me suddenly having everything in order sorry yeah. i'm not being you know no, with them and monaco and being very much glass half empty but i just yeah i just think it's a bit premature but no, it's, considering it's, it's a whole new style with a very new manager to yeah. sit third and unbeaten with a win at psg at this stage is more than they can ask for yeah, but they have got a lot of likable players as well in terms of like young French players, uh, Diop, Kevin Turam, Toribo. There's a few there. That... And of course, Sansol. He's he's not, not he's young not anymore, sadly. Young. <laughs> but yeah, they've got a few. I always think he is, though. Yeah. I always think he's also shorter than he is. He's actually about six foot. Yeah. I'm oh, he... sorry, he's not. He strikes you as diminutive, but yeah, he's really not, is he? But he... He definitely has the face. Like him and Remy Cabela, they look about 14, both of them, and they don't seem to age ever. But Yeah, Remy Cabela is short. Yeah, he is. Yeah, can, can confirm. Um, just very quickly as well on Moffy, just, I mean, is is that the Moffy that I think Lorian probably were hoping they could hang on to and ultimately couldn't? That That's the Moffy niece need, isn't it? That's the, the unplayable centre-forward that they actually need if they're going to get goals to stay in this position this season. Yeah, I mean, we said, I think it was after the Lyon match, that he looked completely lost and yeah. struggling mm-hmm. to to fit into that system. And, and obviously this week he looked a lot better. And, but I think, yeah, it, it depends how he fits in, how Nice choose to play. I mean, if if it is, if they are going to play a sort of Zerbi style, then they're generally going to be having a hell of a lot more than 31% possession. Mm. But the way they sort of punish PSG on the break... I think says a lot about how slow Skriniar and Danilo are as the centre back <laughs> partnership. I think that needs to be borne in mind. How poor I thought Donnarumma was again, yet again. Yeah, when um, went yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think a lot depends on the formation they play and and how they match up to the opposition. But certainly, Moffi I think is a better player than. Than he looked a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, in him and Laporte, there yeah. are two players who've proven that they can score a lot of goals in in Liga. Yeah, both confidence players as well. When they're on a run, they seem to be better players for sure. I I thought of you twice during this game. Once when Skriniar had shoes made of concrete, and um, this won't shock you. Did you see Usman Dembele's ridiculous attempt wide around about half an hour in? That was um, yeah. That that was. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think like, I think that um, everything we said, you know, in some, I was just just before this, I was looking at um, or thinking about PSG's chances in the Champions League and what exactly their expectations are, and and it's really hard to say because, as we said, they they look in the sense that they look much more of a team than they ever have done before. That yeah. should be a positive. But there's not that much creativity in the midfield. And I think they some of the other attacking players have to take some of the pressure off Mbappe. I mean, he can shoulder that pressure. I think it's like seven goals in four or five games now. Yeah. Um, but And I think three doubles in a row, maybe. But, you know, Ramos doesn't look up to it. And... Yeah, Dembele, you know, once a month will score an amazing goal and, uh, you know, the 
sycophantic media will rave about what an amazing player he is. But he's just, in a similar sense to Verratti, I just feel like you can't trust him. You can't rely on him. And actually, I would say I would rely on Verratti more. And in the context of that sort of relatively workaday midfield, I think I'm surprised they chose to not even just get rid of him, but the way they did it was actually a bit classless, I think, because, you know, he could still bring a lot to that team. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and, and weirdly, I think now there's a lot of pressure on Kolomuani to kind of hit the ground running because Ramos isn't doing it. And Bappe doesn't play down the centre. Mm. They need they need more down the middle, I think. Yeah. I wonder if tonight could be that time. And by the way, slightly unrelated, but if Colomuani can do anything like what Marcus Turan did at the San Siro on Saturday night, then um, they will have a player on their hands. I don't know if you, either of you saw that goal for Inter, but my word, that was uh, that was a bit special. It was uh, a great goal, but again, you know, that's what Dembele you... does occasionally. Oh. I want to see it week in, week out. Yeah, true. Yeah. Go on, Phil. No, I just uh, was that when Inter won, was it 5 1? 5 1, yeah, in the Milan yeah. derby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think we, you know, speak for all of us when we say we want a firing Turam, Dembele, et al. full ahead of the Euros, you know. But um, yeah, Dembele's a weird one. He, he's, he is a weird one. Very streaky player. And of course, we are inevitably waiting for his first injury that keeps him out for eight weeks. <laughs> I'm sure but that's on the other he is Mbappe's good mate. He so is. I think there might be less ructions, yeah. fewer ructions than yeah. in the past. Yeah. But possibly also uh, even less uh, sort of pressure on him from those above him to do well or to be dropped when he's not doing well, etc. etc. Mm. And um, one thing one I less. tweeted when they signed him, you know. This is a player who's underachieved in his career because he seems to have a rather lax attitude to training and professionalism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, where has he joined PSG? <laughs> I'm not sure it's the best combination. Um, the only other thing to say about PSG and to watch out for is that UEFA have launched some kind of investigation into the fact that Verratti, Draxler, yeah. and I forget. Oh, yeah, Melba. Uh, yeah. Qatar. Is that weird? Yeah. Amazingly joined Qatari teams for 80 million. 80 million quid for, yeah. for the disused trash that was not. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely doesn't. No. Not fishy whatsoever. It, it, it's almost as um as unscrupulous as uh, Alan St. Maximan joining a, a Saudi team um, for courtesy of Newcastle and the Saudi ownership, isn't it? Really surprising that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, to be yeah, fair yeah. to that, I mean, if ever someone. Fits the Saudi, yeah, I agree. The yeah. Saudi player written across the news. Yeah, that is true. He's probably doing laps of the of the hotels out there as we speak. Bless him. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. And it was. I thought of you, Phil, actually on Saturday as as a, a tearful Marco Verratti bid farewell because he was always a player that you always quite liked and um, mm. you always liked to gag about you his bookings here and there. Put up the uh, Marco Verratti booking sweepstake. Yeah, we did. Uh, on Twitter and we'll miss him. Yeah. I actually have a uh, bon dessinée in French, a graphic novel of PSG playing against a bunch of alien insects 
And in that, Marco Verratti managed to get booked also. I mean, this was put out by the club and they were like making a joke of Marco Verratti getting a yellow card against a team of alien insects. I vaguely remember so, seeing this last was it last season they released this? The no, of, this was this was a while ago. Oh, I vaguely remember I, them doing something last year. I, I have the picture somewhere, but yeah, it was we all knew it was gonna happen. It was just what minute. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, good luck to him. He was he was the key player for PSG for many eight, seasons. Eight years, wasn't it? He was there, I think, in the end. Yeah, so it's a long old time, especially in modern football. And uh, that picture yeah. of him stood alongside all the various trophies he'd won over the years. That was pretty impressive, it has to be said. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck to him. Absolutely. Um, right, let's um, move on. So the only other thing before we kind of get into Europe that I just wanted to get both your thoughts on. Um, so we kind of got some breaking news today, uh, which is, it's sort of breaking news and it's sort of not, we don't really know. But Marseille, um, Jazz, what's going on? Let, let's start there. What What's the latest that we've heard at time of recording at seven o'clock on Tuesday evening? Well, uh one of the sort of biggest shocks in modern football, Marseille are in mini prices. No, um, I won't believe it. <laughs> um, basically, that they're in a similar kind of. Well, as I said before, that they're they're also unbeaten, yeah. but somehow been very unimpressive so far. I think it's two wins, three draws. The latest draw are pretty insipid. No one against Toulouse, uh, home to Toulouse. Um, for whatever reason, Marcelino hasn't yet got his ideas across. Um, it has not been great football. And after Sunday's match, there was the latest kind of... Uh, we discussed after that that, that Lyon match the other day and, and the, that, the ultra sort of lecturing the players like naughty schoolboys kind of thing. Actually, David, the brilliant David Squires... As a um, those who follow him in the Guardian, he has a reg relatively regular column in, in Lekip as well, and he, he did a very funny sort of spoof about that as if his, they were schoolboys. I, I think his um, a depiction of Ainsley Maitland Miles listening <laughs> to that was exactly what we talked about yeah. um, two weeks ago when it happened. It was like he has no idea what is being said to him by now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, as we said, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. This kind of, I quite like it. This sort of, to an extent, the kind of accountability of players and managers, whatever, to the fans who you know will be there, were there long before and will be there long after. A lot of those players have gone. As long as it sort of doesn't, you know, overflow into something violent or threatening, which it has done in the past. At Marseille. I'm not sure it did this week. There were rumours about murder threats, but uh, I think that was probably blown out of proportion. But basically, a meeting took that, place that's after the now match. been rolled back on yeah. by several press outlets down yeah. here. Yeah. But uh, one of these meetings with fans took place after the, the latest disappointing result. Obviously, there's also the, the Champions League. Um, 
disappointment. Um, and I think, you know, a few opinions were given. I think a lot of them were directed. Actually, funnily enough, because he's always struck me as being very popular with the fans, it seems that Longoria was was the sort of main kind of target of the fans' ire, although I think part of that is because uh, Marcelino is very much his man. Yeah. Um, you know, they go back a long way and he very much insisted on bringing him in. So I think they feel a little bit like, well, if he's doing a bad job, the buck stops with you. And mm-hmm. there were reports that Longoria thought about maybe resigning. But nothing has yet been confirmed. But Lekip have been reporting that Marcelino has told the players today that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, kind of as, as we say, Nice and Monaco, it is very early in the season. And although they haven't played well yet, they are right up there and unbeaten. Yeah. It seems like they're kind of creating, for me, that it's just premature. It's just creating a crisis where there needn't be one yet. Obviously, I am only thinking of this from a Brighton point of view and trying to work out what's best for us. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, saw but... your tweet earlier. <laughs> Albion fans might be interested Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny that a Brighton fan replied to me saying he thought his first instinct was he thought I meant maybe De Zerbi will be joining we'll Marseille. Be joining, yeah, yeah. Don't you think that will be happening? But um, yeah, it's 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 another mess, and it's another one where you feel like well, they're not doing themselves any favors. Anyone at that club, like, doesn't need to be like this. No. Um, but. If it's true that he's leaving, then, you know, yet again, once a season, you know, once every summer is bad enough. But to be looking for the man, you know, new coaches this often. And although, you know, it's a great club with a great pedigree and history and everything, it's not an easy place to go and manage. You're not always going to have the fans behind you or there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on you all the time even though you kind of know you're never going to win the league and you're mm-hmm. going to underachieve in Europe so what are you, you know what are you even there for what's your what realistically is the aim and is anyone in that club realistic and fair in <laughs> setting targets so you know they don't as as great a draw as the name of Marseille is there's not that many to go around. You feel like they have to stop burning all these jokers. It's, it's why it's, it's why I always thought Mourinho would have been a perfect fit for Marseille. Like I just always thought they would have been like just the perfect on marriage. fire. The whole place would have been on fire. Oh, yeah, I can't. Um, I mean, perfect fit as long as they're winning titles because that's the only way to justify the kind of football he'd be playing. But true, no, yeah. I can't particularly see that going well at all. <laughs> No. What do you make of it, though? Any sort of thoughts well, around the current situation? There was, um, with Mo Ali, uh put up a very interesting tweet because there's been lots from Opta, etc., about how many coaches they've had. And I make it from Wikipedia, 30, including caretakers and shared situations since 2000. Jeez. 30. Years. Wow. Now, See that? Sorry, I'd, I'd read them out, but we're on a time schedule here. 
But what Mo Ali said was only two of the last 10, excluding Gertzegas this time, have been sacked. Mm. They just go, fuck this for Game of Soldiers and leave. Yeah. And that does suggest there is something a little bit problematic about how things are run. And I understand what Jess is saying. But there was also a great tweet from Matt Spiro earlier, which was Marseille's week so far. Sunday, draw, goalless draw against Toulouse. Um, fans confront players. Monday, there was uh, a meeting with certain fan groups at Le Commanderie. Um Tuesday, Marcelino tells the players apparently he's standing down. Um, Longoria says he considered it. Everybody rolls back from that. You've got to remember that L'Equipe is kind of the sports paper of record in France, mm. but there are the southern French papers who they they don't have a good relationship, potentially. So you've got loads of sources saying different things. As Mo says in one of his later tweets, nobody knows what the hell is going on right now. And they're playing Ajax on Thursday. Now, yeah. I understand from listening to other podcasts, I do occasionally do, that Ajax aren't very good right now. But frankly, if they aren't, this is the best time to play Marseille because Marseille are confused right now. Mm. Uh, So, yeah. But as Jess said, nine points, fourth, unbeaten. Only, I don't even know what is separating them from Nice at the minute because the goal difference and everything is exactly the same. It's not bad, apart from the whole not qualifying for the Champions League thing. That was the big but thing, wasn't it? Then you've got to think, you're in the Europa League, you Go could win it. that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, who the... Uh, apparently the Pope is in Marseille this weekend, so there's lots of people <laughs> saying, well, can we get him in? Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is, this is going to be another season of... Marseille fans going batshit on Twitter on a regular basis. I mean, we, another we another way of looking at it is Marseille are only a point ahead of Mess and, and PSG are level on points <laughs> with them. So fair enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we we can't we can't not mention. I know we are short for time, Jazz. So we'll, we'll just for a couple of seconds. Um, Mets did pick up a fantastic win this weekend. So. I have to give you a tip of the hat there. 31 shots. Roundly, roundly deserved. <laughs> they survived Absolutely 30... with the run of play. There's yeah. only one stat yeah. that matters. They, they survived yeah. 31 shots against Montague, which is the highest number of shots since XG was used in Ligue 1 in France. Um, but they won 1-0 at, at Lens through Osoro's goal, uh, who's quite a talented young Swedish player. So fair play, Jez. <laughs> I'm going to say to you there, you take what you can get and you enjoy it. Um, and I know we were talking earlier on, Phil, as well, so Lahav also give them some credit. They they hung on a little bit at the end with a nil-nil draw against Leon on Sunday night, which was, if you watch back-to-back nil-nils between 
Marseille and Lyon's games than unlucky. Right. Now, this was the only game I managed to watch without falling asleep this weekend. How? Bizarrely. <laughs> I do want to say, Lutav went out there with a plan. They were practical, and it was very much, we're going to get our head down, ignore all the shit that is happening with Leon, and we are just going to get rid. You saw a lot of get rid kind of defending, and I got a bit nervous about how many corners they were giving away, but I think they worked out pretty quickly that Leon weren't going to do anything with any corners, so that was fine. Yeah. There were bad misses at both ends. Um, Desmas in goal was great for Love. I think he made seven saves. Another eight shots were blocked. The Love are just doing really, really kind of good work in that they are not going to be overawed and they had this kind of, it was a very physical match, but it was more clumsy than nasty. There were lots of people bumping into each other and crashing into each other and falling over and stuff. But when you talk about the bad misses, the one that struck me was, I think it was Casimir for Love. Oh, uh, Grancia. Put one was. over. Grancia, yeah. was it late on? Yeah. Such but a he chance. was at the far post when a cross came in, utterly unmarked with an open goal in front of him. Now, yeah. yes, he put it over, but there is no way on God's earth Leon should have let him get into that position. No. They still look ridiculous. Blanc's gone. I couldn't tell you how many managers they had because there was like two people on the sidelines, Brechet in the stands, who was having meetings during the game with the alleged manager, Sonny Anderson. It's his birthday today. He did the team very Happy birthday, Sonny. He yeah. was in the stands looking like he wanted to punch someone. It yeah. was just horrific. Mm. The only bright spot was that Diego Moreira... Uh, one of the Chelsea youth stockpile who's out there on loan came on for the last 20 minutes and looked kind of decent. He's he was, eligible for, I think, four countries. He was like um, um, Barcola Regen, wasn't he? He didn't have the same hairstyle. He looked, yeah, he looked quite mm. smartly. Yeah. yeah, I like the look of him. No, he, he was, when he came on, Leon actually looked a bit better. Yeah. But it was. Getting horrible to watch yeah. that match. And I stayed awake for all of it. <laughs> well done. So I did don't I know just. why. <laughs> and I just wanted to share all that with you so you could share my pain. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have to lose Jez in a second because he's got uh, daddy duties. But just before you go, Jez, um, Phil and I will, will take up the European slack in a second. But just before you go, just on Leon, we kind of mentioned it at the end of last week's pod but it has now been confirmed Fabio Grosso former player Italian international world cup winner is in um the stat that went around from uh, David Wall which caught my eye um Leon one of three clubs this season who have yet to lead a game which is absolutely crackers that sums up the level of work he's got on his hands do you think it's a good appointment before you have to nip off 
For whom? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Either or, all of the above, potentially. Yeah, I think like we said last week, he's, this is a, a coach on the up. So he hasn't got too much to lose. He hasn't yet built... I mean, he did very well. He got Frosinone promoted, but he hasn't sort of yet got a promotion, a uh, reputation to risk destroying. Mm. So in a sense, for him... And, you know, I think most people know what a mess Lyon are in. So it's kind of a uh, no-lose situation for him to an extent. For Lyon, I think it is a big risk as well as he did there. He's a bit of an unknown quantity. It definitely helps a lot, I think, that, you know, he knows the club. He's fluent in French. Um, so he can settle relatively quickly. But it's... a just repeating everything we said every week so far this season, they're a mess. And, you know, even I, I'm i sort of pleased from the club's point of view that Gattuso wasn't appointed. Um, mm. But, you know, even the way that happened, where it looked like he was more or less assured that the job was his, and then suddenly last minute Texter rode back on that, just again speaks to what a mess the club are in and how he doesn't seem to have a clue what he's doing. So yeah, so I'm I'm not confident of anything around Leon at the moment. Mm. Yeah, at least of all are there fans. Um Jess, I appreciate your time. I say I know you've got duties as as a dad, so uh, we'll let you go there. But thank you for coming on and uh, we'll speak thank next you. week, no doubt. Yep, thank you very much. Blended. Thank you to Jess. Um, Something on on Grotto, who was in yes. the stands, kind of chuckling in that nervous way yeah, when he's that. like, the fuck have I done? <laughs> Didn't know where to, where to look. managerial history is mostly Serie B. Mm-hmm. He lasted a month at Brescia in Serie A before being fired. Mm. He's been sacked three times. I I don't think this is this is good. I I mean, where's he come from? What's he gonna do? Do you not think that maybe it's um because the thing I think he has in his favour is being a former player. We know that Leon are very oh, right. very that, loyal to their players. Works brilliantly all the time. If you've got a former player who is coached at the highest level. Brilliant. He hasn't. He was there for two seasons. The second season, he was mostly injured. It was a long time ago. I just don't see how this is going to help. And I'm not sure Leon fans are going to be happy with it either because they brought in a guy who... You know, was last gig was in the Swiss League. I mean, they're not gonna like that. No. We talk about you know Leon obviously at the bottom of the table at the moment, but Leon still is a name with a history. Yeah. And what I'm now concerned about is a couple of seasons ago when Saint-Étienne and Bordeaux went down. Saint-Étienne were Bottom, low down the table, we go, no, they'll recover, they'll be fine, they'll recover, they'll be fine. And they didn't. And oh, they yeah, went no. down. 
Can you imagine what would happen if Leon went there? Oh, it is unthinkable for a club of that size. And I unthinkable, think... but at the moment... Possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was unthinkable for, for Bordeaux and St Etienne, as you mentioned, to go down and look what happened to them. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, you know, it only takes a few results. I, I think the one thing I do agree with you on there as well is the the, the Grosso argument. He was very good at Frosinone, but Lyon is a, you know, is a massive European club. Like it's a huge club with a yeah. huge following and a huge history. I'm not take nothing away from Frosinone. I'm sure they're very big in Frosinone. But I'm not sure but, their capo would have been no. giving a lecture to the yeah. players. And and Frosinone are Frosinone, Leon are Leon. There's a huge difference in terms of yeah. the profile and the expectations that go with it. So but we wish him well. And one thing I will say about him is um lovely hair and uh he looks the part. In, in a suit by the way actually completely off subject but i have to mention this um how handsome is the love boss uh bulker is it, is it bulker no no that's the goalkeeper what's his name you're, you're entirely as, off as my elsner. now elsner that's his name luca elsner he's a very handsome man that's all i'm gonna say mm. um so <laughs> just, i'll just... take your word for it <laughs> he's he's a very dashing chap um right Let's uh, just round up the other results then and then we'll just do a, a quick uh, nod to the European games that are underway this week and indeed next for French clubs. So um, the games we didn't cover, Rennes and Lille drew 2-2. That's the uh, that's the Gib, uh, Rich, Olympico, if you will. 2-0 um, up were Lille, both from set pieces. Ayoro uh, with the opener and Diakite with the second, but they kind of contrived to throw that away as Asignon and Young Salah, who's making quite a reputation for himself, Got a last-minute equaliser for Rennes. That one ended 2-2. Heck of a comeback. Yeah, it was. Lovely finish from Salah as well for that equaliser. Yeah. Uh, close in, lovely finish from him. Uh, we mentioned Mets' win at Lens and Lorient drawing with Monaco. Strasbourg and Montpellier played out at 2-2. That was a bit thrilling just, for you. Just once, I'd like Montpellier to be 2-0 up and think... We've done enough. Fine. <laughs> Good. We're done now. Yeah. And not then concede two stupid goals. Yeah. And the real gutting thing was um, very late on, Carlos Fayed, who's only 19 years old, came on, got the ball in the back of the net, and it was disallowed. Yeah. But only after so. Patrick Vieira had been booked for bitching about yeah, that the goal shouldn't have been disallowed. Then there was a small fight, but, you know, it ended 2-2. Fair enough. But, yeah. good Lord, that did not help my Sunday afternoon. No, um, no. Well, because Rians, Anna Nordan had Montpellier 2 a lot, but uh, um, what's given us a Lecomte goal and then Motiba with the uh, the equaliser. A rather, rather enjoyable celebration for Motiba's goal, I would say that much. But, uh, yeah, um, not not the best of um, second half for Montpellier in that one. Uh, not a great day at the office for Clermont either, who are struggling a little bit this season. Moses Simon uh, with the only goal again, defensive mix-up, and then he uh, rather delightfully chipped it back over the goalkeeper's head from about 25 yards at an angle. It's a really good finish if you haven't seen that. Um, and then elsewhere, we mentioned the other games, obviously Brest 2-1 win at Rams and the Marseille-Lyon games ending in nil-nil draws. Nothing to see here. Um, but there is a few things to see 
in Europe over the next fortnight mm. or so. We've mentioned PSG Dortmund. Uh, who else is playing and uh, and where, I guess, is the question I have for well, you. Um, so on Wednesday, it, Lens will be at Sevilla. Yes. So given the state they're in at the minute with one point in the league, you'd hope that at this point, Eliwahi would actually kind of get settled in, but that could be awkward. Weirdly, Wednesday is also the Lille versus Olympic Ljubljana mm-hmm. game in the Europa League Europa conference League, yeah. thingy. What's it? Yeah. Um, and then on Thursday, we've got Ajax OM, <laughs> Union St. Galois versus Toulouse, which would be interesting, and uh, Ren versus Maccabee Haifa. Yeah. So we've got all six French clubs who qualified for Europe will be playing in Europe, just not necessarily, as Morecambe Wise said, in the right order. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's something. Um, I just also want to mention something about Devon, uh, mm, sure. the women's game, mm-hmm. because we've had a change. You may not know about this. It's a bit weird. So Division 1 is the top tier of the women's game. There's 12 clubs, so you play 22 games. They've decided that this year there will be playoffs. Now, not promotion relegation playoffs with the duh. This will be playoffs for who, for who gets the title. So at the end of the 22 games... First will play fourth, second will play third, and then the winners of those two games will play in a final and there'll be a bronze medal match. Hmm. And this is all us idea. Now, all us, obviously, is OL till he dies. Pioneer. And OL will win after 22 games. So this is a really weird situation because he's kind of giving the opportunity for somebody to beat Leon mm. in a one-off game. Having left Leon as well, of course. <laughs> yeah, but he is still really involved. And oh, yeah. yeah. He, this is his idea because he's also really involved in the management of the women's game. Yeah. Um. But when you look at it, when it comes to the Champions League for women's football, it was two teams will get in for ages. Just now it's become three, which is how Parry FC knocked out Arsenal, I believe, in the qualifying round. Um, But I think this is a way to make it not just OL and PSG to give teams like Harry FC, Montpellier, Bordeaux, a glimmer of hope. Mm. But it's a very odd situation. They've said it's to make it more exciting. Mm. Yeah. Are you 
are you a fan or are you open to the idea of change or are you more traditional well I, fair enough i mean i don't think there was any chance of montpellier getting into the top two mm. and possibly not the top three so this does give teams like montpellier and bordeaux a chance to do something yeah yeah but it does just seem a bit odd yeah frankly. It does, it does, and um, just just while we just while we have got the, the time, just quickly, I don't want to go too far down the the, the rabbit hole because it, it it was a messy one. But since prevailing in terms of the outcome of the Rubiales case for you, in terms of him resigning, eventually um, we got the right result. He resigned. It shouldn't have taken that long. Have you seen what the fuck the Spanish League have done with the women's team recently. Mm. They've told them, if you called up, you have to turn up or you'll be banned. But they haven't called up Hermoso to protect her while saying that everything is fine now and nobody needs protecting. So she is Mm. quite rightly asked, who do I need protecting from? It's an absolute shit show, which Mm. continues. So, yes, Rubiales is gone. Marvellous. But what have we but got it's from still it? not. It's still not sorted. No. It's still not great. No, agreed. No, agreed. Um, and uh, just in Champions League French news, by the way, uh, slightly worrying scenes in the San Siro tonight ahead of France's uh, next qualifiers, etc. Magic Mike Manuel has uh, gone off with what looks like a muscular injury. So that will be a concern for uh, Didier Deschamps. Although I have noticed that Alphonse Ariola in particular has been in banging form for West Ham recently. So hopefully uh, France are well covered in that department. Anywho, um, right, just before we go, let's have a look, shall we, at the weekend's fixtures. Uh, of what we've oh, got I've forgotten up. about that. <laughs> the European oh. weeks, it's very easy to do, isn't it? We've actually got quite a few bangers this weekend. So uh, Friday night, yes. 22nd, we've got Monaco against Nice. So that is first against third. So that will certainly be a... Good watch, and it's a bit of a derby of sorts, isn't it? In terms of the, they're the, the... bang next door to each other. It's the closest derby we've got, I, I guess... unless PSG end up playing Red Star in the cup. Yeah, I, when, when I say uh, kind of a derby, I'm, I'm of course referring to if you class Monaco as French or not. I suppose, but yeah, it's certainly um, certainly the Riviera uh, that those two play on. So that will be a decent watch, I would suggest. Uh, also, um, similarly, a derby Nantes against Lorient is Saturday at 4pm. And uh, the evening game is Brest against Lyon, which, again, normally you wouldn't go, eh, that's all right. But given Brest currently in second, as we mentioned, and Lyon with the new manager, etc., that might be worth looking at as well. Uh, Sunday, you've got Metz against Strasbourg. Uh, so Patrick Vieira against uh, the, uh, the, 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 what's the word? The objects of Jez's heart. That's what I'm going to call Mets. Uh, Lance <laughs> against uh, Toulouse is one of the 2pm games alongside Love against Claremont, um, which has got, dare I say, six-pointer written all over it. And uh, Montpellier against Rennes, which is, of course, the Phil Rich derby as well. So I uh, look forward to that one. That's the 4.05 kick off that one. And um, the small matter of PSG against Marseille, Le Classique, uh, whoever will be in charge or not of Marseille, on Sunday night. That's the 7.45 game. Um, and then rather oddly, there's one fixture that sticks out yeah. 
uh, which is I, Tuesday. I can't work out why this has happened. I can only assume it's due to Lille's European commitments. Would I be well, far off? Yeah, there? but they're playing on Wednesday hmm. this week, so it's a bit weird that they're playing on Tuesday against Rats. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, weird one. I, I don't. I must admit, I, I should have done some research because I'm sure there's a reason behind it. But nevertheless, just take a word for it. It is on Tuesday. Your eyes are not deceiving you. So uh, we'll probably not. E- we'll probably not even have uh, seen that game by the time we record next week. So we'll probably have to cover that one in the, in two weeks' time. But uh, yeah, they are the fixtures. And I guess, like I said, those two that stand off the page: Monaco, Nice, PSG, Marseille for you. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Should be a good one to watch. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, right. OK, well, I think that's where we'll leave it for this week. Um, thank you for tuning in, as always, for those of you that uh, listen. Uh, apologies that we did come a day late this week, but commitments are what they are. Um, and even today, we were an hour and a half late, thanks to my ridiculous meeting schedule. So thank you for being patient with us. And thank you, Phil, for being patient, because it's a bit later on in the evening than normal. So thank you very much. My pleasure. And uh, thank you to Jez, of course, you had to uh, nip off a little bit earlier on. Uh, Phil and I are off to go and watch PSG against Dortmund. What's going to happen? God knows. But we'll uh, we'll pick the bones out of it next week. And indeed, whatever match you are tuning into, whether at home or abroad, enjoy your French football. And we'll speak to you very soon.